Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello and good afternoon. How are you doing today? I'm fine. Thank you. You have written a book here that is going to touch so many people's hearts in the way of, you know, the tiger is such a powerful totem animal. That in itself is going to pull people to the pages. But the way that you bend your words and you make and you make that story come alive, you're, you're just going to have a huge following. Uh, I can only hope so. What, is, what has the journey been like? Because, I mean, I, I, I understood what you just said. I hope so. Because, I mean, that in itself says I, I've been at this a while and now I'm getting the opportunity to share it with the world. Yeah, I decided in third grade that I wanted to be a writer because I had an inspirational uh, teacher who really liked to push creative writing named Mr. McCracken. And also, nobody tells third graders about self-employment tax or that, you know, a lot of writers don't make it big like Stephen King or J.K. Rowling. So I just sort of plugged at it and plugged at it. I started sending stories out when I was in sixth grade. Obviously, the stories were not very good, and I got my share of rejection slips. But um, uh, I can only say that the only difference between me and a writer who is not published is, is perseverance. It's time and stubbornness and sticking to it and working at the craft. That's interesting you say time and stubbornness because isn't that really the meaning of the tiger? And your name of your book is Tiger Honor because, I mean, in studying uh, totem animals and stuff like that, the tiger is all about patience, patience. It Just wait for it to happen. I guess it could be seen that way. Um, in Korean folklore, there there is an origin story about the um, mother of the the first king of Korea, and she's a bear who meditates in a cave for a certain period of time. And as a reward for her uh, faithfulness, she is turned into a human woman, and that's how she becomes mother to Korea's first king. But in the Korean story, the tiger also wants to become human. I'm not sure why you would sort of downgrade from tiger to human, but that's the way <laughs> the story goes. Tiger's in that cave, meditates for a couple of days and says, I am tired of this, I don't want to be in this cave, and runs out of the cave, and that's why tigers are not human. <laughs> you you have something inside the, this storybook, and and it's be, and I, I just love it, and it's, it's fantasy space opera. Please explain that to me, because I love the way that that rings. Yeah, so the canonical space opera that a lot of people are familiar with is Star Wars. It's set in space. There are big space battles, huge starships, robots. Um, but it's not, you know, it's not super correct about physics because the idea is to have big adventures in space, not to be a physics textbook. 
So Tiger Honor is a space opera in a similar vein, except instead of the force, uh, my magic uh, in this book comes from Korean folklore and mythology. So there are shamans, there is weather magic, uh, dragons are in control of weather because they're creatures of the sea and of the clouds. Um, there are fox spirits who are able to change shape and um, and to charm people. So there are mythological creatures, and the ships run on magic instead of running on, I don't know, nuclear fusion. Boy, that Rick Rorden, he's 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 the guy when it comes to you that he, you know he says about you he says that he he you keep us moving you keep us moving forward with the way that you use your words. I'm very flattered that he said that. Um, certainly, I've been trying to learn how to be a better writer by reading Rick's books because he has a way of writing stories that are approachable um, to kids younger readers while being exciting for adults as well and that's a skill that I'm working on developing doesn't that skill also give you the opportunity to to live inside your imagination and then from that imagination come the characters yes absolutely one of the reasons I was drawn to fantasy and science fiction as a kid was that I didn't want to imagine being on a city in a city in earth or being a school kid, like I was already a school kid. I knew what it was like to do school. I wanted to go to another planet or to a medieval castle. Mm. You know, those were the sorts of adventures that I dreamed of having. And those are the sorts of books that I like to write. I'll tell you, school teachers, I would love to hear their reaction to your, to your book, Tiger Honor. And the reason why is because you use math as a part of your story sharing. Yeah, I have a background in math. Um, I got my degree in mathematics from Cornell University. And even though people don't think of math and storytelling as related, my math background actually prepared me to write novels because mathematics is the study of patterns. And a story has patterns that, you know, a plot will have ups and downs um, in a certain way. Uh, Characters will go through a journey. And I found that writing a novel is a little bit like writing a map proof. You start with a certain premise, like you have a character in a situation, and then you develop the consequences of that premise, and then you come to a conclusion. So it's almost exactly like writing a map. So how long does it usually take you to pin out a book? Because, I mean, usually when, when the, the desire to write a book for me uh, hits me, I, I, I know that it's going to be two, two and a half years of work that's going to go into it. Oh, yes, absolutely. So usually it takes, the actual writing takes three to four months, but I keep sort of a compost heap of ideas, and it's generally a few years on the compost heap before a given idea is ready to be written. So I absolutely identify with that statement. I, I call that fermenting. What I do is I set it aside, allow allow the, the writer to go away for a little bit, then I can come back and I can read it as a reader instead of the, the producer. Yes, yes, that's absolutely right. But does that leave the door open, though, for the perfectionist to come in? Because, I mean, you know how that writing perfectionist is. It's got to have a rhythm to it. It's got to have, a, you know, something about it. And, and you've, and you've got to be able to say, be nice to me. Yeah, for me, I sort of managed to compartmentalize that. So I'm what I call a vomit drafter. I sort of 
spew out my words onto the page, and they're messy, and there are placeholders, and I can't think of a name, so I name the character Broccoli <laughs> and do a search for place later. And um, it's in revisions that I let my inner perfectionist come out to play and that I really work on honing the work and polishing it to be the best that it can be. But for me, it really helps to make those uh, – to put those tendencies into two separate stages of the process. I've got a friend who writes, and she needs to polish as she goes. And so her first drafts are beautiful and pretty much ready to go. But for me, I really rely on that revision time. Even even though this book is for YA readers, young adult readers, do, do you still, as a writer, have a wine glass moment? And what I mean by that is, is that after a sip of wine, you go back in there and you do something to the story that you wouldn't have done without that wine. Yeah, I think I do. Um, actually, so I, I outline my novels chapter by chapter, mm-hmm. but I always, I'd like to say that I always reserve the right to have a better idea. And generally about four chapters in, I throw out the outline and I start to wing it because I have a better idea. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> what about music when you, when you were writing? Because, I mean, there, there is a flow to your words. So are you listening to music? Yes, um, I am one of the writers, so some writers can't listen to music while they write because they find it too distracting, but I actually, um, sometimes I make a playlist for my uh, books to to help get me in the mood. For Tiger Honor, I played a lot of traditional Korean music that my mom had generously sent me, Um, and sometimes I just put my iTunes library on shuffle, which is how I end up going from Tchaikovsky to Hamilton, and that sort of makes its way into the book as well. <laughs> so now, now you know, we, we know that Rick is going to be doing some stuff for Disney Plus and stuff like that. When Tiger Honor becomes something that's going to be featured on television as well, will you take that soundtrack with you somehow, some way? Oh, gosh. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't dare to tell... Um, tell TV producers how to handle soundtracks, but um, I, I would certainly enjoy the experience. So now speaking of experiences, what, what did you learn from this book? Because I've always believed that, that writers are given the opportunity to go through the experience because we ourselves are, are supposed to learn from it. What did you learn from putting together Tiger Honor? I learned that family can be really difficult. And I mean, I was I was lucky. My parents were good to me. But one of the things that my characters have been learned is that their beloved uncle is maybe, you know, has a different face to them than he does towards other people who are not in his family circle. And as I grow up, um, the way that I see my parents or my cousins or my aunts and uncles, you know, you know, I had sort of a child's view of them. And now as an adult, I see that they are much more complex and they have more complex histories and motivations than I realized. And I think that's something that happens to all of us as we grow older. And I don't necessarily mean like, like I'm 42. I don't think you have to be 42 to have the realization that everybody has different sides and that um, we have these multiplicities of identities that we um, have to navigate with each other. Is there a website where readers can come and, and, and learn more about you as well as, you know, to, to get into your earlier writings and things like that? Because, I mean, this is an open door now. It's time for you to walk through. Yes, um, I have a website at yoonhalee.com. 
That's Y-O-O-N-H-A-L-E-E.com. I love it. Please come back to this show anytime in the future. And I, I do mean that because, I mean, Rick Rick has been on my show four times. So so that means you you, you have three more times to catch up with Rick. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Let's do it. Let's do it. You be brilliant today, okay? You too. Thank you so much for having me.